Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Amiel. We love video games and movies, and we love talking about them. So we are hosting a new podcast where every week we choose one video game and one movie to talk about. We will go through each click and flick from beginning to end and talk about what we like and don't like. And then we will give you a rating based completely on our own opinions and nothing else. Ciao. <laughs> this week's click mm-hmm. was you. Was you? Do you want to start? Sure, I would love to talk about it. Yeah, I I have to say I did watch the YouTube videos of the plots for for the two games. Okay, because I wasn't sure if you were just going to do the first one or the sequel. Also, the only reason I wanted to do both is because when the second one came out, it changed so much. Okay, because the first one was a great story. So yes, okay, so. I know the storyline, but I'm going to let you talk about it. So this week's click is involving both Last of Us, the first one, and Last of Us Part 2. Again, just to reiterate, I'm just going to briefly go over the first one because the second one has the juicy bits. Uh-huh. Um, and so as the first one starts, you're introduced to Joel's daughter, Sarah. And, um, I forget her age, actually, forgive me. Um, she's like but she's a teenager, young. right? Yeah. Like preteen, like 13 that, or you know? 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, the world is normal at the moment, but she is unknowingly by herself at home after she kind of wakes up from her nap and, or sleep, I should say, and, uh, comes to find Joel breaking through the, uh, sliding glass door and chaos just erupts in in the world. Basically, the zombie apocalypse is starting, and Joel just got back from hanging out with um, his brother Tommy. So I have a question. So mm-hmm. I did look up the plot lines, but they they call these the infected in the game, right? Correct. Do they look like zombies? Like, do they just look like normal zombies, or do because some shots I saw they looked like creepy weirder like not Mm -hmm. like how zombies usually look they look like all blown up like almost like swollen right like puffy scary (laughs) yeah um in the beginning when the when i almost said pandemic whoa (laughs) in the beginning of the pandemic (laughs) in the beginning of christ um when it first starts (laughs) everybody looks normal they're sick but they're ravaged that's like they have rabies type thing so everyone looks normal And then there's a 10-year gap. There's a huge 10-year gap that's not talked about, um, not even portrayed in the first story or the second one. It's the, like, it skips, right? So you're saying in that 10 years, the infection went from, like, looking like zombies to that, like, weird mutation thing. Because the 10 years later, that's when, like, the main plot is starting, right? Right. And they they mutate, and I think it said 60% of the world were... um, affected by the virus so the other 40 percent either died or survived one of the two and uh yeah crazy as time goes on um back to the sarah joel plot um he's basically rescuing sarah kind of prepping for the worst case scenario so they're leaving their house to go Uh find his brother tommy all the all the while they're fighting you know the the crazed situation of like patients yeah of patients like leaving the hospital and damaging things and creating mass destruction yeah and super surreal because it's all at night so it's weird um and uh as time goes on they ended up meeting up with um sarah ends up hurting her leg but they end up meeting up with one of the military officers who kind of had control of like the outpost of a base that people were able to flock to that weren't infected. Uh huh. And um, it just, it's just him and his little dome flashlight mm-hmm. shining on them. And Sarah's leg is hurt. So he's holding her in his arms and he's like pleading with them, like, please, like, don't, you know, d- don't like kill us. We're, we're safe. Le- we're not like, infected. we're safe. We're good guys, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. 
And, you know, he radios his base and the, basically they said, nope, go ahead and kill him on spot. And he does. He, he lets fire and kills Sarah. And it, that, like, for that opening of a game, for that to happen, that was immediately, I was drawn in. Like, that storyline is just insane from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll skip over most parts. Really, mm-hmm. though, I do have to say, because he's, like, shooting at them, and Joel, he, like, runs away, like, tries to dodge the bullets, right? He, he does. He, like, turns Sarah Right. Away from the bullets. But it's but still, not ca- quick it's still cats hurt. So that's how he's able to survive because he yeah. he like falls down a hill or something, right? And like Yeah, they both it. they both tumble. So he survives the guy. But then what mm-hmm. happened to the guy? Because wouldn't he just go shoot I guess someone else kills him or something? <laughs> yeah, uh Tommy, his brother. <laughs> um, Joel's brother actually <laughs> No, you're okay. Um I, I need you to keep me on track because I tend to get off track pretty frequently. But uh, um, yeah, so so Joel survives. Sarah's dying. Um, the guy comes up to Joel, gets ready to kill him. But Tommy, his brother, shows up with a shotgun and kills him. So that's how they, they survive the situation. Um, and from there, they just end up fleeing the situation. They're not even going to attempt to go to a safe base because it's not safe. And, um, so n- knowingly that Sarah's dead, um, they move on, they try to kind of find like another community to intermingle with and be safe with. And there's a, a faction called the Fireflies and they are kind of like the rebellion against the government type, um, group. And they end up getting, getting in cahoots, cahoots okay. with them. So what is the government trying to do? Um they're not they're not really doing anything per se. They're um the fireflies is kind of the group that's trying to find a cure. The I think by this time the 10 years have, have passed because okay. they fast forward. But um but the government wasn't doing anything really to help. They were just setting up refugee camps and um and just not doing a great job. Um so, and honestly, I think everything that I've read of the gameplay, they don't mention the government after that. It's really just the Firefly oh, focus. They probably just... They like, kind of just are like, eh. The whole government probably just, like, disintegrated Shut because down. everyone yeah. was dead. Yeah, freaking 60% Fall of, of Rome. people are... <laughs> Fall of Rome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of... um inner turmoil in the fireflies and there's like a lot of uh a lot of uh, treachery is that the right word yeah Um, someone's treasonous yeah treasonous i like that word um treasonous so you know they they go about their wits of just trying to like you just can't trust anybody right it's a rebellious cycle and uh they end up meeting ellie who's a young girl that was taken care of by one of the firefly members her mom had passed away Mm-hmm. during the midst um ellie's roughly about 14 15 ellie is supposedly known to not be affected by any of the um infection so she could get bit by a uh i almost said a walker wow not walking dead okay. <laughs> but, a white walker. Uh, but a white walker <laughs> yeah. and she's not affected she was bit and nothing happened to her however her friend that she was with um it was almost a romantic relationship but the mm-hmm. other one did not want a part of that so uh the two of them were messing around in a little circus area and they both end up getting bit by one of the um zombies and the infected and she had to watch her friend turn which i couldn't even imagine having to watch my friend die while i'm okay for the most part you know right but also expecting to be turning at the same time like you're like okay where are my symptoms and like they never come you just watch your friend die so yeah and no one's there to help you like they basically you know she dwindled away with nobody else around Mm -hmm. once ellie meets joel they kind of go on this whole adventure of just trying to get ellie to the firefly camp that's kind of a cross country um to get her kind of assessed and um 
blood work and and all kinds of procedures just mm-hmm. to you know do research on the possible cure. Gotta get those antibodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joel finds out and realizes that when you get infected, it affects the brain. So his realization halfway to getting to the Firefly camp is that if they did any research or had to surgically check Ellie, they would kill her, basically, mm-hmm. to get the cure. Um, but she's not going to let him stop him. Um, or she's not she's not going to let him stop her from going to try to get the cure and to right. sacrifice herself. But he doesn't want to watch his teenage daughter mm-hmm. die again. Right. Because right. everything's about So him. there's that whole mm-hmm. <laughs> everything. Joel is not a good guy. He's honestly he's, selfish, he's a, actually. Very selfish. And, you know, he is the hero of the game, quote the unquote. Antagon- so the protagonist. The protagonist, yeah. So he he's an, a lovable character, but he really does, like, a lot of the bad shit around the game. And... Without any repercussion, you know? Yeah. And fast forwarding, Ellie gets to the fire uh, fly camp and goes in for her procedure. Joel did not agree with it, but he let her do her thing. But he came back. He was like, no, no, no. I'm not doing this again. I'm, I can't lose her. Mm-hmm. So while she's anesthetized um, on the operation table with the doctor and nurses all in the room, Joel goes in there murders the doctor, murders all of the nurses. And I mean, in game, this is what you do. You murder the nurses. You actually have to kill the doctors and the nurses. It's not a cut scene. You have to kill them. And um, so he ends up scary. taking Ellie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. I know. They're essential workers. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing good for the humanity. The greater good of humanity. <laughs> I support healthcare workers. I, I mean, again, that plays like if, if you looked at it logically and you were killing nurses, not that killing is a good thing, but, you know, that's that's the whole point that you're making. Like, he probably killed someone's high school bully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's likely. It's likely. 40% of the surviving race. You never know. I don't hate nurses. I love nurses. I love nurses too. It's it's all fun and games. Fun, <laughs> fun games fun, where you but... kill the people who are trying to save the world because you want to save this teenage girl. <laughs> I know, I know. Who's not that's, actually that's your daughter? Whole... <laughs> right, right. And she's a smart human. She really, you know, she wanted the cure. She wanted she to be knew able to give that to what people. she what it would take. I'm pretty sure she knew. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she wanted to die. She's been waiting to die since her friend. Like, yeah, she yeah. says that to him. She's like, I've been waiting for my turn. And he's like, uh, to do uh, something. Uh. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part for me when it came to the point of meeting the doctor, because, you know, you don't really know what a what a sequel is going to be mm-hmm. until after the first one comes out. And so the way the doctor was presented in the first one was so nonchalant. And it was so like, um, it's hard to explain. He was, he was just, he was just another person. There was no like feeling emotion. No. There was a little bit. He's just like but a it character was like, there. Yeah. Like a, a blank computer face, like nothing. So when the second one rolled around of the game and they're talking about the doctor, they gave him this whole backstory. And so it was, it just, it was a gripe I had about it, mm-hmm. but um, he saves Ellie takes her away. She's still anesthetized when she's in the truck and they're driving to um, Colorado. Um, and she wakes up halfway through the drive and is just like, did we do it? And he's like, nope, we didn't need to because the Firefly found other cures and it, they didn't need you. You're fine. Don't worry about it. She was just like, are you fucking kidding me? She like didn't. She didn't buy it at all. Right. I have a feeling that she didn't. I don't feel like she did, but she was also anesthetized. And then it comes up later. So yeah. there's there's another part to it, too. But she was anesthetized. So she when she woke up, she was just like, did we do it? Like, come on, Dad. Did we 
do the thing. And then he told her and she just rolled back over and was like, all right, well, my work here is done almost, you know. You know what's interesting, actually, because earlier in the game, there's a part where he tries to have Tommy take her to the Fireflies because he doesn't trust Uh himself. uh And Mm -hmm. honestly, truth, because he couldn't get the job done. He should have had his brother do it. (laughs) Right, right. And... I I don't know if Tommy would have been able to do it because of Tommy's like disposition in the second game. I don't know. <laughs> it would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to see. But Tommy just wouldn't have been as close to her and Tommy doesn't have the yeah. trauma of losing a daughter. So he would be like, oh yes, I understand that it's for the good of all of mankind. It's going to help the world. Make it so that we, not everyone has to live like this anymore. Right. So you didn't have to worry and be in fear but it was all no i'm gonna take her and we'll just live in fear for the rest of our lives right right and (laughs) the rest of our short lives (laughs) the rest of our short lives yeah it's crazy when you think about it but it's i think in joel's mind he was just like we'll go to a safe camp we'll go somewhere we'll we'll have a hideout we'll you know we'll protect that hideout and we'll live the rest of our lives that way it's just you're you're always going to be in fear. You never know. You mm-hmm. never know. And um, so when the second game starts, now I'm not going to go into each individual section of the game because there's so many flip flops of timelines and mm-hmm. all of that good jazz. But the basic storyline of it is um, Ellie and Joel are at this uh, this community that they built in Colorado that was just comfy, calm, cool, collected for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's like a bar and people are dancing and having like a typical life after everything that had happened. Um, I think like maybe two or three years had already passed um, since the, the hospital incident. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were mostly comfortable. Ellie was trying to find a, a like she had a group of friends and um her best girlfriend was with a guy named Jesse and they ended up breaking up and so this is in the beginning of the of the game and you know they're all kind of having drinks at this bar in the community dancing around just enjoying their time and her god i forget her name what's do you remember the girl um was it d it starts with a d dina dina yeah. mm-hmm. it was dina Mm -hmm. Um, Dina ends up revenge dancing with Ellie and then kisses Ellie. And so Ellie's like, okay, I, you know, I want to be with you. You're you're my person. (laughs) I'm in love. I need you. I'm in love. I'm in love. And I don't care who knows it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in love. And it was, it was sweet. It was like a sweet, like moment because there was genuine passion you know Mm -hmm. yeah um it was hot but uh it was hot no (laughs) dina was all riled up i'm not even telling you you know ellie's kind of hung up on that idea her and joel and tommy had heard of like some outsiders that they were just trying to take care of on the outside outskirts of the community basically from there it's it's ellie trying to get confirmation of what happened from the surgery site She's like, I need you to tell me, honestly, did it happen the way you say it happened? And Joel basically it was like, you know, yeah, like everything was hunky-dory. Like I took you and uh, there's a cure, you're good. If you're going to lie, lie forever. Never, mm-hmm. never tell the truth. That is the truth now. Exactly. <laughs> and... um so Ellie, like Ellie still didn't believe him. There was like that shred of like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, w- I kind of take it up to being like, nobody's really talking about it. Right. Like, obviously his story isn't making sense to her because it's not adding right. up. If he's saying that they have all these cures, where is it? And she's like, yep. Um, yep. you have to have, like, you didn't tell me the full story. Right. And he begged Tommy to not say anything to her. He begged him 
Like, please don't like go to the grave with this type situation. So <laughs> it was, um, it put a lot of strain on Ellie and Joel's relationship. And, uh, I, forgot why they were trying to go to Seattle because that's, they were trying to make their trek to it. They just heard it was really nice up there. <laughs> They're like, mm, Colorado. No, They're like, we I love Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It was an insanely good change of pace to like the, um, the scenery. It was nice. In Seattle. Yeah. It was really pretty. The game, the game was stunning. So which part of the game are is there it's more towards the middle like i said i'm just trying to go in like chronological order because it flip-flops like it goes into the past and it's in right like and you like play because you're like playing multiple people from the same at the same point at different storylines right right exactly and um so it does switch to abby which is interesting to like incorporate that type into the sequel yep you know what i mean because the first game wasn't like that at all and it's kind of like exactly it's kind of like (laughs) twilight breaking dawn when suddenly you're reading as a teenage wolf boy who is in love with a child and you're like i don't like this i don't like this brain i don't want to be in it (laughs) right and you're like whoa what is this? And I mean, not to mention, not to mention, see there there's, but in the last of us, I think it's a better, like they do a better job of it. Obviously. Right. <laughs> right. Um, the choices that were made in the storyline of this game are what make me, um, uh, just the storyline, just that's what makes me, um, on edge because I just didn't, I just couldn't sympathize for Abby in in her regard in her storyline so when she starts mm. up you're like who is this person like okay like you're a hard ass um you have a thing for this guy that because this is how it starts her storyline is just her and a guy named owen and she's basically like you know she's kind of like pissed that he's hanging out and like dating this other chick in the colony and she's like okay, like, cool, I guess, like, you can like her, whatever, but like, mm-hmm. I still have feelings for you, and Owen's like, get over it, you know? But that's it. And I'm like, that's not a way to introduce her. You know who she reminds me of? Like, her character kind of reminds me of, I had to look up the name, but she kind of reminds me of, um, like, the same character type of Kuvira from The Legend of Korra, the final book four. Don't. <laughs> Forgive no, f- forgive me because I haven't seen Legend of Korra. I need to. I need to. She just kind of has that like female, like very like dominant power. Yeah, like she doesn't take shit from anybody, but she's also she's like a lawful good in a way, like a lawful good. Lawful. I don't want to say good because lawful neutral. Yeah, let's go with that one because she does kill people. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> Um, that whole introduction, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? And, and then again, it switches and then it goes back to Ellie and you play Ellie for a little bit. Um, but basically Joel had gone missing. Right. And so Ellie and Dina went out to go find him. And uh, it's in the midst of a snowstorm. And you kind of play, like, w- once you get into the snowstorm and Ellie and Dina are kind of, like, in their trek to go find, like, track Joel down where he went, uh-huh. you switch to Abby and Abby's going through all this snowstorm bullshit and um, ends up with Owen finding Joel. She doesn't know it's Joel at the time. She just thinks it's some random person. Um. And they end up taking him back to their camp, um, back in this little cabin. It's a beautiful cabin. And uh, they kind of set up base there. But Joel was lost and um, and was trying to help Abby because they kind of got into a fit with a bunch of the infected people. Um, so they're like, yeah, I got your back. Like, like, we'll take care of these guys. Come back to our camp. We'll, we'll 
set you up and send you on your way. And as Joel is in the cabin, um, Abby gets word that it's Joel. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, you don't know what Abby's relationship is to Joel yet, still. Or you don't, you still don't know her motivation or anything. Nope. Nothing. Not a piece. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, Joel and Tommy were both uh, found. Was I forgot to uh, mention that Tommy was still with Joel at the time when they got lost. But um, Abby and Owen had found them. They went to their camp. And Abby then finds out that it's Joel and that that's who she was looking for out for revenge. Not necessarily why the camp was there for the most part, because they were, they were actually stalking the community that Joel was in. Mm. But um, she just happened to get lucky because she knew that there was word that he was around, but not that he was in the community and, um, mm. and just ends up going going a little ape shit she asks like everybody to leave the fucking room and just just uh, she wants to yeah she wants to give him a spiel just basically saying like you killed my father not prepared to die and Joel calls her out he's like i know you got shit to say go for it she does shoot him in the knee with a with a shotgun so it incapacitates him and then she's got two henchmen holding on to him like like just on his knees. Mm-hmm. So she takes a golf club and goes to town on him. Just, just for God knows how long. And all the while Ellie um, had left Dina at an outpost for the time being and goes and finds and tracks to find out where Joel uh, is. And she finds a cabin where she thinks he is. And she hears um grunting and and like noises coming from the basement so she ends up going down there bursting through the door and trying to shoot abby but but the the people that had left the room for her to do her thing to joel for abby to do what she did to joel she just um gets captured and is is just forced to watch joel die and it's like joel again is not a good guy he's not the right like you know the end all be all character but it was sad it was horrifying to watch ellie lose like the only person that she had ties to that she could trust and that that. she like felt like family yeah yeah so that was that was revenge strike one for ellie and then um after that part happens tommy gets knocked out um dina then tries to find ellie and does the same thing so they end up um fleeing the scene of the attack and so did abby and owen and her whole group left as well um but fast forwarding it starts to get to me in an in a way it just starts to add so much to a story just to without going to detail it just turns into this like melting pot of storyline and it's basically a revenge circle abby kills this Mm -hmm. person ellie kills this person and it's just a vicious cycle and there were a lot of um uh, just lack for a better term just a lot of political uh views um Mm -hmm. that were in the game which mind you there everybody deserves to have a position in a game so there were um there was Dina, which I don't actually know if they say what ethnicity she was. Um, there was the LGBTQ plus involved in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby, who's not the typically slim, like, princess rescue me prince type character. And um, so there were a lot of, like, new storylines that were introduced to the game that were um, that were deserving of being there. Right. But like some people didn't like. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like it, which I don't understand because it's not hurting you. It's not bothering you. Why does (sighs) it matter? It just makes you uncomfortable because of your own reason. Because you're immature. It has nothing to do with the people who are just trying to live their own lives. No, no, (laughs) not at all. Not at all. And would I say, would I say that it had anything to do with the storyline of Last of Us? Not exactly. I like those bits mm-hmm. and pieces of the story 
don't need to be there. They were just embellishments, in my opinion. It kind of felt just like a different storyline that was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It didn't even really feel like it had that much to do with, like, anyone getting infected. Like, it wasn't even really a zombie game anymore. It was just, like... Right. A revenge game of these two, like, like cat and mouse, kind of. It wasn't even about like the world that you were in anymore no i mean not every game you have you play you have to like the main character you don't have to mm-hmm. however i hate mario however <laughs> same mario is honestly like a dork <laughs> that's a good way to put it like but you also don't have to necessarily like mario to like the game but either. you play super mario brothers and you beat everyone exactly level. And you play to save Princess Peach every freaking time, but you hate Peach too. So it's like... Exactly. No one likes Peach. You play so that you can (laughs) see Bowser. Exactly. I I play really just to to relive my childhood. But (laughs) that aspect is so... It's it's important, it's key to keep in mind when you're playing this game because nothing goes the way you want it to. And you're mm-hmm. playing Abby, I want to say, at least 70% of the time. And most people like Ellie more. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes Abby because she killed Joel. And you end up finding out why Abby killed Joel like halfway through the game um, because you start to play her storyline and then you start to realize, oh... Her dad was the doctor that, that he I don't even remember. <laughs> that was just literally a guy in a room that I killed. He was like, no, no, please. Like that's, those were his one liners that got him a sequel. <laughs> like, a, come on. A major plot point in the sequel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But then it's just Ellie's going on this revenge thing. And then once it's over, I mean, are we spoilers or whatever? But because she doesn't, because it kind of just ends with nothing, with her just being like, oh, it's not worth it. And then she goes home and realizes, well, she already lost everything. So she lost everything because, and realized that it wasn't worth it, didn't even get the revenge. And it's like, yep. Yeah. But but are there still zombies? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The cure still is not out there. The cure is still not out there because. What I find hard to believe now is that Abby's dad was the only doctor capable of finding the cure. I highly doubt that. Now, the question is, how many doctors were still even around, though? Because how many doctors got infected and and were dead? So maybe, like, Joel might have killed out the last of, like, the medical field. (laughs) (laughs) Nurses are essential workers! (laughs) oh my god yeah when like when you think about it like that way and like ellie was building her life with her girlfriend because her and dina ended up um getting together right and dina had a had a kid so they like were a family yeah and ellie chose to leave that behind to go kill abby who didn't even get killed in the last and dina was like if you leave don't expect me to be here when you get back and she's all, I, I choose know. revenge over you. I choose revenge over love. <laughs> right, right. And then she's like, no, wait, I I don't. I choose love. And then like, nope, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then she goes back to the house and you're just like, what did you do? What'd you do? There's, it's so not worth it. And like, I, I mean, n- needless to say, the story is not your typical, you know, written game. It's not your typical written novel or anything like that. It's it's very, it's, it's just non-conventional and people didn't like that, you know? They wanted a happy ending or they wanted her to kill Abby. I think like if something's different than what you're expecting, people are going to have a lot to say without even like, before even like letting it like get getting a good taste of it like right right so who is like the most minor character in the second game that you think the third game is going to be about <laughs> who's 
the third plotline going to center around that was like the most minor character in the second game that has nothing to do with any of the plot lines so far? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Watch it be Dina's son. Like it just be the baby boy. It's his, his son, right? Her son. And he's growing up, what, to get revenge against... <laughs> against Ellie? <laughs> against Ellie for leaving, for abandoning them. <laughs> like, yeah, because... He has daddy issues. <laughs> Watch, though. She's like, Dina somehow ends up dying from the infected. And she's like, Ellie, you could have saved our my mother. And like, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to talk about it because I I recently had come to um, come to a better understanding of the game instead of feeling like they just shit all over the place and called it a video game, like a sequel to one of the best like mm-hmm. story driven video games that had come out in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 my do opinion. you feel like they were trying to be because like the first one got so much like praise for having a good storyline that the second one they were just like feeling the pressure they were like we have to make a really good storyline they they had postponed releasing that game quite a few times um when they did release it people assumed it wasn't ready like it just it shouldn't have been released as soon Mm. as it did but not to mention again just to reiterate every person deserves to be represented in in any facet of life so whether that be in a video game a book a tv show whatever now laura bailey the voice actor for abby literally had the worst time after the video game was released Mm -hmm. and it just goes to show that the people that didn't like the game were petty enough to go after a voice actor like for for what for reading a script. And it was just, you know, like the the whole the whole game just And first of all, why y'all love Joel so much? He's like not that good a character. I know. I completely agree. And he now mind you, you sympathize with him. Of course you sympathize with him because they portrayed him as this broken man who ended up finding a, a purpose again. You know, when you're playing the game, a lot of people don't realize that when you're playing the character and you're actively killing these, you know, these people or whatever the case may be, they don't really take that into consideration as being a a bad act. Like you're protecting yours and your own. So a lot of people don't see it as a um, as a mal-intented kill. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm protecting myself. These people are bad. I'm protecting. And so I feel like a lot of people just don't take that into consideration either. Right. Let alone whatever storyline presented with Joel happened, you know, but that's, that's basically it. It just, I, I've been dying to get that game off of my chest because I've done a lot of like soul searching with it Mm -hmm. because I hated it. I absolutely loathed it. And now I've kind of turned a new leaf with it because I'm like, it's not a bad game. It's not. It's just not a storyline that you that, expected you to know, come after. Happy. Yeah, the exactly. First one, exactly. Really. But that was the gist of it. I'm I what do you think of the game overall? Did you would you find that storyline like pleasing to read or like play through? Well, like the first game being like kind of a typical-ish zombie yeah. escape yeah. thing. I'm just kind of like, they do a good job of that. And then with all of the flipping characters and stuff in the second game, I don't know. I feel like that would be more interesting because for me, gameplay is about putting your brain in a situation that it has to solve the problem, right? Solve the puzzle to get out of. So just, I think that when you're switching characters you're forcing your brain to like then now you have to solve it from a different perspective you have different creative different things yeah right it just puts your brain in a different perspective to have to solve things and so i think that as far as gameplay that's interesting right that's more fun to play because it's more challenging it's actually what a game is for i hear that 
Because when you're kind of confused as to what's going on in the room, you're like, okay, I have to pay attention. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and it makes it interesting because different perspectives and and choices and cutscenes and relationships with other characters. It's it's all I guess it's all very um enigmatic and I like that mm-hmm. in a lot of aspects of life. So I, I did find that part a little bit interesting. And also hard to follow, but it it made it um, pretty um, fun for the most part. So would you say it was a good click? (laughs) I give it, I give it a five out of 10 click. (laughs) Five clicks. (laughs) Five clicks, five clicks Uh, out of 10. Yeah. It's a medium game. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. I'm ready for the flick of the evening. Our flick this week was Netflix original movie. Yes. (laughs) Starring Eric Andre. Bad trip. (laughs) And I had never seen it before. We just both watched it for the first time, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, for one, uh, I'm not like a big prank show person depending on because it's depending on the prank and I feel like it's hard to get ones that aren't mean and I don't like the mean ones I get that I get that so what I liked about this movie is it opens up with a prank that's not mean (laughs) he's at this he's at the car wash and he just has like although I do kind of feel like some of the pranks were like Mm-hmm. If I did that at work, it would be sexual harassment, but they can do it at work and it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like at the car wash and he asks the guy to turn on the vacuum and it sucks off all his clothes and he's completely <laughs> naked. And this dude's not wearing underwear under his stripper jumpsuit. Um, <laughs> A stripper jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> so it really just made the guy uncomfortable. Um, it wasn't like it did to him. But so I don't know. What do you think about like prank shows? I personally, I hate them. I, because here's my issue. When I kind of saw, cause I didn't really know the premise of the movie. When I saw the beginning, like clip, the beginning prank, I was like, this is scripted. I don't do that. I don't do p- scripted pranks by mm-hmm. any means. Cause the reactions aren't genuine. The, the people are, in on it and it takes me out of in it takes me out entirely i'm like no that's not enjoyable anymore mm-hmm. but but andre the um the main character i forget uh what is his actual name in the movie uh, i forget chris one of them was chris and one of them was kurt but i never really uh one of, i don't remember who um but i love his humor like that's, it kept me watching, mm, but I did look like up halfway style. through the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did look up halfway because I was like, no, I can't do this if the reactions are not genuine. And I looked it up and they were, and I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the people that they're talking to are like real. Some of them were really funny. Some of them yeah. I didn't like. So like the one that I thought was super funny was when the sister is, escaping from prison and there's that guy (laughs) and he's just like you better run (laughs) you better get the fuck out of here he's like go and then the cop comes like someone escaped and he's all you said someone escaped (laughs) acting all shocked and no and then how would i help them how would i help them them give them my vest She comes back that, and she's like, thank you so much. You're an accomplice to my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That that had to be my favorite prank. I want to sure. be like, if I was ever on a prank show, I want to be like, kind of like that or kind of like, um, there was like Seth Green when he was on Punked, how like, the cops came because he was in like some kind of like I remember gambling that. thing and the cops came in. He was all, mm, I don't know, but I'm like, no snitch. You know what I mean? Like if I, <laughs> like that's who you respect, right? 
<laughs> right, right. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, I love it. Dying. Like that's a real. That one. was that you was great. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I want to be that if I'm ever on a prank show. I want it to be like, yeah, no. <laughs> right, right. I'm not giving it antagonize like a reaction out of you type thing to to warrant to like. <laughs> I fell in love with it. that had me dying when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And they had a musical number. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was hilarious. There's also one at the end. Too. There is a plot for this movie. So he is the, it's just like very simple. It's a prank show movie, but they are like a couple of friends, like deadbeat jobs. And he, the main character, Chris m- meets this girl from high school runs into her and she's like oh you should come like check out my studio if you're ever in new york or something and then he's like oh my god i have to go to new york so then it becomes just like a road trip to get pussy and (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and he's like determined and so he gets convinces his friend to um basically get his his friend whose sister is in prison he wants him to get his sister's car and they basically, so they steal her car and then they drive, they're driving up to New York. But then she is like, breaks out of prison and is angry and it follows them. So the, it's like a chase slash race. Yeah. To one like, true love. <laughs> right. Right. So there is, um, there's a scene where they're, so basically they're in the mall and he starts singing about how he met his love and he's like going to go to New York or whatever. And all of these other workers start dancing and just everyone in the mall is staring at them. And they're also just like knocking over stuff, like chairs yeah, and like shit in the be- mall. Like things are falling and they're just like singing and dancing. Absolutely and- destructive. <laughs> it's like how it would be in real life. If someone just broke up into musical theater, yeah. which it, exactly is what they did. It was great because Keith was watching during that scene. Uh-huh. And after the scene was done, he left and walked down the hallway and started singing this song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so catchy. I was I was, I was, I was going to say, it. like, it wasn't even that bad a song, if I can remember it. Like, it wasn't like, I, like, didn't have anything bad to say about the actual way the song was written, so... Right, right. And then they're talking. The next scene is them talking on a bus. And so it's literally just them talking to each other. It's not them pulling pranks on anybody. But they're having the loudest conversation. And so everyone at the bus is, like, (laughs) hearing them. And they're, like, reacting to what they're saying because they're obviously being, like, loud and, like... At, and at one point, he actually get he's like try, so he's convincing him. He's like, "Come on, we gotta do this. We gotta go to New York. I love her." Blah blah blah. And so that's what people are like, <laughs> what? Like like listening and hearing. And then there's one part where he gets up, and I don't remember what he asks. He asks like, "Has anyone here ever been to New York?" And one girl on the bus is just like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." <laughs> but she wasn't even looking at him. She She's just not goes, looking. Yes. She just goes, "Yes." <laughs> Like, with all the enthusiasm, but doesn't move her body, doesn't change her face, just her voice. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that was a good scene, yeah. Yeah, and then the next scene was was when she's escaping and he goes, you better run. That was my favorite. Yes, yes. There's a scene, I wrote down wedding dress because there was a scene, I don't remember how. Someone gets married. Oh, wait, yes. There's like a dream. He's like dreaming of marrying her, right? Yes. And she, number one, that is a very gorgeous wedding dress. Um, yeah. When I marry Agreed. myself, I might wear that. Can I be your, your officiant, please? Y- yeah. You may now kiss the bride and you may now kiss me. It's <laughs> 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 probably the best line it, in, in any movie is when the priest says, and you may now kiss me. Um, Yes, I am here for this line. <laughs> <laughs> the reactions that everybody was giving was so, cl- not I don't want to say cliche, but it was expected. So like, yeah, I guess the audience members of the wedding were like real people who thought it, they were just at a, someone's right. wedding. But I wonder right. why you would randomly think that you're invited to someone's wedding. 
<laughs> I wonder what they told right. them. Right. Yeah, that's that was my exact thought. Like, did they say, hey, can you just be a part of this wedding? We need um, uh, witnesses or, or whatever the case may be. I don't know. <laughs> Because the can- whoever was recording, there was like a quick shot of a guy with a camera who was like either <laughs> taking pictures or recording. <laughs> and when he started kissing the I, um, the, priest, the priest, and then she joined in, and the guy was like, he just like raised his eyebrows. He just smiling. had a little He's smirk. Like, I was like, yes, you accept this and you love it, and I love it, and oh I, I agree with you. <laughs> So if I could, like, recommend this movie for any reason, it would just be, like, honestly, you may now kiss me. That line. Oscar. (laughs) Academy Award for writing. Immediately. No other contenders. (laughs) But then, but then, then it was the the gorilla scene. And maybe I'm going to be on the wrong side of history about this, but I did not. Did not, did not laugh. I did not laugh. I did not laugh. And it was, you know, what's hard for me is I need pranks to be convincing, which is why I said I can't stand it when it's staged. So here's the thing is that I guess you would have to be, because for me and my perspective, I'm like, obviously I'm watching a prank movie. So I know these are all pranks. And so that looks like a man in a gorilla suit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. If I Mm -hmm. was actually there. And it was, you know what I mean? And in the, in the rush of the moment and with the adrenaline, would it look like a monkey? I still think it wouldn't. I still don't believe it. I still don't think I would buy it. I agree. I agree. And like, I don't think, I don't think a monkey would do that. I'm sorry. I I don't think a monkey would would do that. Would do that. No. Mm Mm-mm. I don't think he would because, like, we all remember what happened with Harambe. Rest in peace. So, right. Obviously, I just didn't like that scene. And the other thing is that I am 100% supportive of vulgarity. And I love dirty jokes. I love all of that. But it needs to be funny. It needs to have, like, witty. There has to be some kind of element of surprise or... Some kind of like right. double smart. I don't know. I was definitely surprised. I did not expect it the gorilla just, to do that at all. It was just like immature humor. Right, right. It just, it didn't have any like, I, for again, lack for a better term, just meat to the bones. There was like, it was like, oh, this is so off the wall. It's not like, it's not take you off the guard funny it's just like what the fuck happened just now even the people that were witnessing it like people were screaming at first and then like once that started happening they just all of their faces kind of switched like they were all like Like mildly still like under scrutiny they were just kind of like yeah seriously like what Huh? And then he goes back in, and I was like, no, 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 don't go in for a second time. That's not funny either. But again, you know, perspective and, and you know, opinions and perceptions are... are Some people might have really loved, loved that and thought it was so funny. I, did, I didn't. I agree. I, I was on the same page with you. Yeah. The next thing I wrote down was that their drug trip was also like... Nothing I would ever do on drugs. <laughs> Never. I don't know what they were supposed to have been on, but. Okay, because I didn't get that context either. I didn't know what they were on. Because apparently they were like mint. So oh, do you want a mint? I want a mint. So what I was assuming was that they took LSD. And that's just not oh, okay. what LSD. I don't know. Like, I guess I've never done it in public, but I just. The whole grocery store scene and how they're acting and stuff, it just, drugs in movies is not like drugs in real life. And it's so crazy to me to think that people, there's just like this idea of what drugs do to you that they don't. And it's just experiences are not like that. They're like, yes, you're, yes, it's trippy, but it's like, it's just, you're not like a crazy. It's exaggerated. You know what I mean? Unless you're crazy, you just have to want to be a crazy freak. And then you're just, that's who you are. And you're blaming, you're making an excuse for being on drugs. 
That's my right. <laughs> it's a it's a misconception for sure. And I've I've actually watched a guy on YouTube. Forgive me, I don't remember his name, but he does drugs for for science and and to educate people on how to take it properly and safely. And is it Dr. Carl Hart? Because I've been reading a book about him. He's a scientist, also. Oh. No, no, he's he's just a regular run of the mill kind of guy that just will do a lot of drugs all different types on camera, (laughs) but also tells you like how to be safe about it and dose it and all that good jazz. But, but he, he griped about it. Um, not the movie itself, but just how drugs are portrayed in movies, TV in movies. Right. And that's for real, for real, every like movie or TV show, anything I've seen, like, um, there's that show on Netflix called love where they, they do mushrooms in one scene and then the guy's like running around and he's like, oh, I see a, a a bear is trying to chase me or something. And I'm like, that's not like you don't see things that aren't there. Like right. everything <laughs> you're not you're not like making up like creatures that are chasing you. Like that's not how dr- that's I don't know. Maybe people have experienced that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I've never had an experience on mushrooms, LSD, anything that that was like how it's ever been portrayed in movies it's just not it's just not like that (laughs) it was such a quick transition into the scene that I was just kind of like um I almost didn't know what was happening but I could tell because of the exaggerated effects like people who people who were part of making that movie probably have experienced these drugs and like or something wrote, wrote right? these scenes in but I'm just so confused as to why you would for the people that haven't done any type of drug you know there are some negative effects of portraying it that way because then people are going to be like don't do drugs kids but then they think it's a certain way and then they take drugs and then they start acting that way or something because they think they expect it or you know are that's their their vision in their head about it yeah you're not wrong and it was such a quick scene i was like okay yeah, but then but, but then basically the movie and like wraps up. He makes it to the gallery and he's like, "I love you." And she's like, "What the fuck?" No. She was like, "I barely know you." Like- right. And then sister catches up and drives like the tr- a car through her gallery. And so she gets all pissed at him and then they leave um mm-hmm. and it ends up I think after they leave, they get into a fight. Or is that before? This is like the last 10 minutes. In the last 10 minutes of the movie, they have the whole, like, they break up, like, redemption. They come back together. And then they end up, like, his friend saves him from his sister on the roof. So the sister's, like, holding him over on the side of a roof. That's And everyone's freaking out. And I'm wondering, like, how they actually got him back up because... The shot, the way the shot is, is she's, like, actually holding him. And she's, like, laying down holding him. She's, like, laying down on the roof so that her body can, like, support his body, I'm guessing. And then he's, like, hanging off the building. She couldn't have, from that position, pulled him back up. And the way it's shot is that when it does show them finally, she's making a pulling motion. But he's already on the roof, so you can tell that they cut it. And it was, like, someone else had to have pulled him back up. But... For people to believe that, how do you how do you get that all? You know what I mean? For the people on the ground to actually believe that and be buying it, which is what I'm wondering. Like how much I don't know. So that's what makes me Yeah, like what steps were taken. Yeah, for for that stunt and and the car accident one. Yes, the car accident one is actually I wrote down how they how they got that because they're obviously not in the car when it's flipping, but then they're crawling out of the car so how did they get that set up for the audience to think or whatever the people there to like believe that it was and how did they keep people from away from the explosion right but but yeah anyway continue sorry so those were my that was it at the end and then they they make up and they end up the sister the brother saves him from the sister and the sister's like i just wanted to toughen you up and now i love you brother and then everyone's happy, right? The end. Yeah. And they go to a ball and they they dress as white chicks. And oh, yeah. it, it was funny. It was it was a good time. Because they want to see if it'll, 
they talk about how white chicks wouldn't work in real life. And so they dress up, right. they do it and they go and do it in real life. That part was, was funny. Cause I also agree with him that I felt like they did not look like they would pass off in real life. In that movie pass off. Chicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it. They definitely looked weird though. They looked weirder than the, than the white chicks looked. <laughs> yeah. When they did the sister in the white man, costume yeah. as a white dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that was hilarious yeah that was funny yeah. My, um, I loved that. one of the most wholesome parts of that movie in in my opinion it was just so sweet <laughs> is when he goes up to the military recruiter and he's just like man i'll suck your dick if you just kill me <laughs> the guy was like the guy was like oh my god you just said you'd suck my dick and i'll and for me to kill you and he was like man it's not that bad like you you've got this hang like he was so he was so encouraging <laughs> to him and he was like you've got this man you've got to go tell her how you feel there are good people and, out there yeah and then and then he's like he's hugging him and he's like okay whatever like i'll hug you it's fine and he's like man you gotta pick yourself up like it's it's all good and he's like okay i'm gonna go get her i'm gonna go show her that i love her and he's like thank you i appreciate you and as he's walking away the military guy just takes a hit of his vape and he goes, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that this flick, I think it was good. I laughed. I laughed. Genuinely laughed. Yeah, I definitely genuinely laughed. It's now prank things. Prank shows aren't really my thing. Me either. Me either. I did like punked when it came out. I did like punked as well. And that was, those were genuine reactions because they were all actors except the person. But so. I also feel like punked was fun because it wasn't, it was like punching up. You were only making fun of celebrities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was I like, like, it's your, okay uh, if rich people get punked. Um, right, right. <laughs> um, and for the most part, it was wholesome. Like Borat was funny, but it was like, also, I'm just like, mm, it's just like pranks. You know what I mean? I never watched Borat. Oh. I know. I know. Well, I'm not going to say we should because it's just another prank movie. It is better, I gotcha, though. I gotcha. It is better than Bad Trip, I think. It was just... I feel like Borat was um, more original. Oh, okay. I get you. As far as... Because this one, the plot line's just kind of like... Every movie has this plot line. So they just, like, took a decent, like, a basic rom-com plot line and added pranks to it. And it was just funny... But they could have been more original with the plot line, which Borat was when it came out, which is why I think it was so popular. Got it. Now, mind you, I have never seen a prank movie. Never. Didn't know Borat was a prank movie. I had no idea that this form You never of... seen Bad Grandpa with Johnny Knox? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes, I've seen Bad Grandpa. But that didn't really have a plot, did it? He's transporting his son across or his grandson across the country right so they kind of have a plot no no are you saying no to me are you saying no no that's not the plot <laughs> no i mean that's not the plot no um, no i don't think i've ever seen it i've only seen the grandpa skits from jackass no oh yeah okay Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah so they did like a whole movie of that interesting i'll have to watch that one too but Sasha Baron Conan has done Borat and the other one, Bruno. And then he mm, did mm -hmm. the, the Dictator or something like that. Dictatorship or something. Something like that, yeah. So his, like, kind of genre is, like, this kind of thing. Um, oh. But I also feel like it, it was happening. Was Borat the first one to do it? Or I feel like some... There might have been other ones before that, but the Borat's the first one that if if it since it is a prank movie, that's the first one I've ever heard of mm -hmm. as far as that goes, per se. Because I feel like that was like a gimmick of it was like, oh, he's doing this like to real people. They don't know because I, I don't remember if something had come out like that before. Oh, because I then I think I after that. Borat came out, I thought, oh, well, they'll never be able to make a movie like this again because everyone will be like, oh, my own prank movie. 
<laughs> right. But right. apparently they're still, they can, apparently they're still making them. And I give it, I'll give it four flicks. <laughs> four flicks? Yeah, because I feel like it was funny, but it wasn't original. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, um, I'll, I'll also give it, I think I'm going to give it a five flick out of 10. Five flicks. Because I had never seen, like, I didn't even know that was something, a genre of film that existed. So I was Mm -hmm. kind of, I was super appreciative that most of the pranks were very genuine reactions. So that that made me happy. In the ice cream shop, too. And he's, like, getting everything with his hands. And she's just like, that's unacceptable. (laughs) Yes. I was, I was like. Not having it. No fucking say something thank you yeah i agree <laughs> i also like the electric cowboy that was that was a fun scene but i like how we decided to just give ratings of flicks and clicks like on the yeah spot. well you started randomly it and I, you know what <laughs> no you I did fully support you said you gave you started it when you gave it five clicks oh <laughs> to, oh, to the wow. last of us too gotcha gotcha I have a better idea of how I'm going to line up everything next time. So I'm excited to do a second one. Me too. Do you have any idea of what, what game I would do game? Not, not in my head just yet, but I know I can find a good one. So I, now that I kind of have a feel for, for kind of the layout of it, I'm ready. I have to pick a movie too for next time. Yes. Before we meet so that we can talk about it. Yes. I would love that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I did because I was, you know, like I said, I um I don't I don't keep things in a straight and narrow line when I'm explaining anything, but it's nice to like get my feelings out about certain things. So it's really fun to elaborate, I guess. Yeah. I think it's good. I think it'll be good. Mhm. Mhm. I agree. Hey folks, thanks for listening and sticking around. If you enjoyed what you heard, subscribe and follow for some more Click and Flick content. If you'd like to hear us talk about your favorite movies and video games, you can send us your suggestions to clickandflickpodcast at gmail.com. That's click, A-N-D, flick, podcast at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.